Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live. The letters of the Bible. We use a King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Yahshua. As we go through the letters of the Bible, you know we're doing the letters. We're in the letter of Jude. The letter of Jude, we're picking it up in verse 16. Now remember, Jude is telling us about people that are a part of our Christian communities that are not really Christians. And he's giving us examples and showing us their fruit and stuff like that so that we will know how to spot them. And I want us to read verse 4 to know who it is that he's talking about in general. For there are certain men crept in unawares or unnoticed who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So, you see, Jude is saying that this was ordained, okay, of old ordained. These were the ones that are doing this are connected to Satan. And so let's find out more about them in verse 16 as we're continuing. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts and their mouth-speaking, great, swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. So, this is the fruit that you're going to see in these types of people. And Jude is trying to warn the brethren about this type of person. And in a lot of churches, this type of person is actually in positions of authority. See, that's why he says at the end of that verse, it says, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. So they are in positions of authority and sometimes the actual pastor. So, These are murmurers, okay? So what's a murmurer? A grumbler. Okay, one that grumbles about things. 
And that's different than a complainer. So a murmur is one that, you know, always has negative things to say about things. Okay, they're always murmuring and grumbling about stuff. And some of the stuff is, you know, big stuff like, you know, politics, what's going on in the government, what's going on in the um, the laws as in, you know, abortion clinics and these kinds of things. These are grumblers. And also having to do with nowadays especially, you know, homosexuals in homosexual marriage. These are grumblers. This is not our business. And when your pastor or those in authority are talking and complaining and grumbling about these things going on, understand that is not the fruit of the Spirit. So we know what the fruit of the Spirit is. The fruit of the Spirit we can find in Galatians 5. So, What's the other thing? They're murmurers, complainers. The next thing is a complainer. Now, in English, complainer seems to be the same word as a um, mumbler. But in reality, the word uh, complainer is nothing to do with a grumbler. Okay? Uh, complainers blame fate. Or, you know, it's God's fault. It was destined to be. It's the way it is, you know. And they're, you know, God should have done something about it. It's it's different than grumbling. Grumbling is just talking about something you don't like and, and talking against it in some way, shape, or form. Complainers are blaming fate. It's they're quarrelous, discontented, and that's what they like to do. They like to blame other people for their problems, and sometimes uh, they blame God. Walking after their own lust. So these types of people, the grumblers, and the complainers, the ones that blame fate, walking after their own lust. So what it's telling us is that what they're concerned with is flesh desires. <laughs> and that's not just talking about things having to do with sex. It's flesh desires, anything that you can want in the flesh, walking, meaning traveling after their own desires or longings or what they want. In today's world, a lot of that has to do with following football. It's amazing to me 
when I go into churches and, you know, they sit around, some churches have coffee time, and they sit around at church and they talk about sports, football, shopping, and flesh things. You understand? That's walking after their own lust. That has nothing to do with what Jesus showed us to do. And yes, the pastors, it's amazing to me. I've seen pastors preach sermons concerning flesh things, things that they want to do in the flesh. You know, like setting up a Christmas play. That has nothing to do with Jesus, nor what Jesus did. Or setting up a musical. Or setting up, you know, some kind of a, an event, a bazaar, or a fair, or whatever nonsense that they come up with. A big sale. You see, that's walking after their own lust. And most of that stuff has to do with money. They, they put that on so that people will give them money. And the next part says, and their mouth speaking great swelling words, bulging over, meaning insolence. It's a bunch of nonsense, you know. <laughs> They're telling you, you go to these churches, and they tell you about their, um, their things that they're doing as far as worldly things. Well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that, you know, even to the point of thinking that, oh, I'm going on a mission. I'm going over to Africa to win souls. You can't win souls, number one. And number two, God didn't tell you to go over to Africa to win souls. We got plenty of work right here. And if you're a pastor, plenty of work in your own church. Great swelling words, you know, talking about things that have nothing to do with what Jesus showed us and following Jesus. Well, see, this is the fruit. So what is your pastor doing? Is he talking about Swelling words has to do with what they've done that has nothing to do with what Jesus showed us to do. Now, if they're talking to you in their sermons on Sunday or whatever day, and they're saying that God uses them to do miracles, you know, that God has given them the gift of healing and they've actually done miracles and healed people and giving God all the glory for it. See, that's not swelling words because it's not them. It's not their power. It's not coming from them. And God gets all the glory. Do you understand the difference? When it's about them and not about God and the work of Jesus, it's human talking. And so it continues here, speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration. So 
the churchgoers come and tell you, oh, that's a good thing you're doing. You're going to put on a play, a Christmas play. Oh, that's a good thing we're going to have a bazaar. Oh, that's a good thing that you're setting, sending missionaries over to another country. You see, understand, they're receiving these swelling words saying that they're good, it's their idea, they're the ones that did it, you understand, because of advantage. And advantage, um, the word means usefulness. So, because of the things you're doing. Wow, what a great person you are. You understand, we're human, we're sinners, and we're not great people. <laughs> Jesus said, you are all evil. You understand? Humans are evil. We're human. We have flesh desires. We have flesh things that we want to do. The difference between what you're supposed to do and what Jesus showed us and what the church does today in a lot of places is that they're talking about the flesh and not talking about what Jesus showed us. So understand, this is just some of what Jude is trying to tell us to watch out for. 17, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. So remember what they told you, the apostles. They were the ones that walked with Jesus. Now you've got to understand, Judas is letting us know here that he was not one of the apostles. And also, he did not walk with Jesus. He, of course, knew Jesus because Jesus was, tradition says, his brother. So the thing is, he knew Jesus. He grew up with Jesus. He knew who Jesus was. He knew Jesus was a good person. But as far as him believing Jesus was the Messiah, well, Jesus was still walking the earth. No, that didn't happen. He thought his brother Yahshua was nuts, along with the rest of them as the family. So understand, Judas saying, Beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the apostles told us what Jesus did, how he did things. That's what Jude is talking about. He's saying, listen, what the apostles told us is exactly what they did with Jesus. Jesus showed us this. Jesus brought us here. Jesus had this to do. Jesus um, showed us to do this. Jesus did this. Jesus did that. This is what Jesus did. You understand? That's the way you're supposed to do things. The way Jesus did them. Not the way you think you should do them or some church tells you to do them. And that's what Jude is trying to tell to the brethren. Follow Jesus, not someone else. Next verse. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. So Jude is explaining more information, and he's saying one of the things that they told us is that there's going to be mockers, which means um, false teachers, a mocker, the word um, you might look at it as an openly 
mocking person. But what Jude is talking about is a false teacher because his um, subject and the object back in verse 4 tells us these are men that crept in unaware or unnoticed. You didn't know, notice that they were actually in your church. And so that's why this is false teachers, but they're doing it secretly in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. So, yeah, what's an ungodly lust? Another one that these false teachers and those that have come into the church unawares that are not really Christians. Oh, there's Christians in the church that act wrong and not doing what they're supposed to do as leaders of the church. But this is talking about those that are not Christians, but they're in the church. And what these are some of the things that they do. So they walk after their own ungodly lusts. What does that mean? It's very simple. An example of that would be a pastor who is has an idea, and his idea is that he builds a big church. You see, I want to build a big church. I see a vision, a big church, a lot of people in the church. We need to get the money together. This is my vision, he says, and I want to get the money together and I want to build this big church so we can invite all these people into the church. See, that's his own ungodly lust. Jesus never, ever told us to build churches. Never ever told you to build a building, get a building. He said and showed us house to house, home to home. That's what he showed us. Okay, So that is an example of their own desires, which is not what Jesus showed us. These be they who separate themselves sensually having not the spirit. Yes, you can tell. If you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, then you're going to have the fruit of the Spirit. Hold your place in Jude and go to Galatians. And I want you to see Go to Galatians 5. Let's have the things that if you're not following the Holy Spirit, this is the things that you're going to be thinking about. Now, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Now these are not, all of them are not real big, giant, bad things. But they are against God. So, Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Remember? That's what Jude was talking about. They're trying to make the grace of God into lasciviousness. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, 
variants, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, rivalings, and such like. So, you understand? Listen, somebody wants to build a big church. Why do they want to build a big church? What does that have to do with the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Okay, let's go back to... um, um, You might not have changed from Galatians, but I left and went back. Let's go back to Galatians 5 again. And I want you to see, what does building a big church have to do with verse 22? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. What what does building a church have to do with that? Getting the money together? To, to build a church for the group, <laughs> that has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. That is, going back to Jude now, that is verse 19. These be they who separate themselves sensually, having not the Spirit. That's what they're after. They're after things that has not the Spirit. They don't care about being led by the Holy Spirit, and they're definitely not teaching you to follow the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, which, of course, means that when our spirit, which is how we communicate with God, we have access to the Holy Spirit. And we, our spirit, is able to talk to God through the Holy Spirit. So you can't talk to God with your own flesh man. I want a Cadillac. I want a new house. I want a, a relationship. I want a job. I want money. You understand? That is flesh talking. And so that is not the Holy Spirit talking. You want to know how you know what it, when the Holy Spirit's speaking through you, when you're actually talking to God for something and actually praying, hold your place. And I want you to go to Matthew. In Jude, hold your place in Jude. And I want you to go to Matthew. Because Jesus showed us, he was asked, how are we supposed to pray? Because Jesus prayed a lot, you see. And... I want us to go verse 7 in chapter 6. But when ye pray, Jesus speaking, use not vain repetitions. (laughs) There's another thing I've heard people, you know, they're saying these prayers, uh, they have these prayer meetings, they call them, and, and they'll say Jesus' name over and over again, Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's, that's, a, that's a chant. It is in prayer. As the heathens do, 
for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. <laughs> so you understand, I've gone to these churches and heard their prayers, and they're talking a bunch of nonsense that is baloney, and it is not what Jesus said to do. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. So what Jesus is saying is the same thing as Judah's saying. When you're talking to God, don't talk about your flesh needs. It's pretty simple. Because if you're going to talk to God, you can't talk about flesh needs. You've got to be speaking spirit to God's spirit through the Holy Spirit in you, speaking to God, not flesh needs. And the Spirit isn't going to be having God listen to your flesh needs. So that's why Jesus said, God knows what your flesh needs. He knows what's going on. So verse 9, After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give God the glory. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. This is what you're looking forward to, the kingdom of God on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. So our daily bread is talking about our living word, the words of Jesus Christ. We don't have to ask for food not talking about food. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so, yes, if we have sin, absolutely make sure you get rid of the sin before you can talk to God. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen. So, guess what? Yes, God does let us get tested. And so Jesus is saying, ask that you not be tested and deliver us from evil. And what's evil? Evil is your flesh desires. And if you desire stuff, you are going to be tested by God because you're not doing it the way you're supposed to do it. See, Jude is telling you here, going back to Jude, and it's telling you, That, but ye beloved, verse 20, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So that means not with flesh desires, but with spiritual works, spiritual things. Keeping yourself in the love of God. That's right, keeping yourself. Oh, God can get angry at you. That's where the temptations and delivering us from evil is all about. Because if, if God's mad at you, then you're not doing what you're supposed to do and you're going to have trouble. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And so, yes, we have mercy Jesus has mercy on us, and we have access to eternal life. Um, that's what we're looking forward to, that we actually received an immortal soul, because nobody has one yet, and it isn't automatic. Now, Jude is going to go into some more information 
regarding the brethren here. And people get confused about this particular uh, stuff. Um, the first verse says, and some, talking about, first he talked about yourself and what you're supposed to do. Now he's going to talk about the brethren, true brethren, by the way. And some have compassion, which means, you know, mercy, compassionate, making a difference. So let them see some people, you know, if you show them compassion and mercy, uh, you know, that's what Jesus did. You don't do things for people to get something back. It shows them that you're a different type. Jesus went around and healed people and taught people, and he didn't have his hand out. He wasn't asking for anything from anybody. That's what Jude is talking about, having compassion on people. You can do something for them if you can. As far as doing the works of the kingdom, then do it. Not expecting anything in return. And others and others, so there's another group that you may come in contact with, and save means to deliver with fear, okay? So he's talking about the brethren here, not non-believers, you understand? So some brethren, you're going to have compassion on them, you're going to work with them and help them out, but... The second pot and others protect or deliver them, meaning some people go off the path as believers and they're doing what they're not supposed to do. And so as a loving brethren with fear, pulling them out of the fire. So you understand these are brethren, they're on the wrong path, and you've got to remind them, listen, Jesus said if he doesn't find you doing what he told you to do, he's going to blot your name out of the book of life. And you're going to be headed to the lake of fire. That's right. These are not non-believers. These are believers. See, and that's what the church has corrupted this. And, of course, the devil wants the church to corrupt this and think that this is talking about non-believers when it's talking about the brethren. So, of course, Jude again shows us once saved, always saved is a false doctrine because if once saved, always saved was true, then you wouldn't have to worry about them getting burned up in the lake of fire, would you? No. Of course not, because once saved, always saved. So it doesn't matter what you did. So he goes on, and this is what he's saying that they're doing. This you don't do it because you're going to, you know, lord it over on them. You don't do it, tell them about their going off the path because of you know thinking that you're something special or whatever it is, or you're over them or something. No, it's because you love them, they're the brethren, you see the error of their way, and you're trying to pull them back on to the right path. And then he goes on and he says, hating or detesting even the garment spotted by the flesh. 
Now, how is your garment, which means your clothing, spotted by the flesh? What is Jude talking about? Well, he's talking about your works. And your works is where you'll get your spiritual clothing from. Now, uh, Peter, Peter tells us, don't be found with spot or blemish. That's right. So what Jude is talking about is that you, as a brethren, with a brethren who's gone off the path, you hate the works, the spots, what they've done to their clean garments. See, once you become a believer, your soul is pure. It's clean, okay? But once you live in the world, as you go forward in time, your soul, if you're not following the leading of the Holy Spirit and you're following the flesh, gets spotted, gets sin, gets stuff back on it because you're not following the Holy Spirit. And so once that happens, as a brethren, you see this stuff going on, and it doesn't happen overnight. It's little spots, little things. You notice it if you're a friend of the person. You notice this. You notice, you know, differences in them. You notice they start doing certain things, and, they, and it's more and more and more and more. You understand? And so what has happened is that pureness that they had before when they started and became a believer in Jesus Christ has become spotted with sin because they're not following the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jude is talking about. He's telling us, if you have a brethren that's not on the right path, they're headed down the wrong path, tell them about it, explain to them about it that there's a problem. They need to stop doing what they're doing because if they don't, when Jesus returns, he'll reject them and they'll be headed to the lake of fire. That's what it means by, by fear. Verse four, uh, 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, that's right, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So who is able to do it? God. He's not talking about Jesus. He's talking about God. See, Jesus' job was to present us as, you know, spotless to God. God's the one that we're going to be presented to. Jesus says, if they deny me, I will deny them to you. You understand? God's the one that's going to be presented with these um, sacrifices, these gifts from Jesus. So, to the only wise God, our Savior, that's right, God dwelled with Jesus. Jesus wasn't God, but God dwelled with him. Be glory and majesty, dominion, and power, both now and ever. 
Amen. So you see, the reason why we do this is so that when Jesus arrives on earth, he doesn't blot your name out of the book of life. I want us to go to Revelation chapter 3. And I want us to see what does Jesus say in verse 1 beginning. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, so you're a believer. It's not one of those other people, the false ones, that thou livest and art dead. So yeah, you're a believer, but you're dead. Why? Faith without works is dead. Be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. So Jesus is looking for works, Matthew 25. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. See, Jude told us, remember what the apostles told us. That's what we've got to remember, what they told us. And what did they tell us? They told us what Jesus did and what he showed them and how he did things and what he wanted us to do. Hold fast and repent. All that means is to think differently. So turn back to the way that the apostles showed us. Turn back to the way that Jesus showed us. And that's all it's saying. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. So guess what? If you're not watching, you're not doing what you're supposed to do for the kingdom, then God's going to blind you. So when God blinds you, what's going to happen is you're going to end up worshiping Satan. So you won't know or realize that Jesus hasn't arrived on earth yet. You're going to worship Satan. You're going to worship Satan's antichrist. And so that's what he's saying. Jesus is saying, because you're not doing the works, because you're not, your faith, you're dead, because you're not working in the spirit, you're following your flesh, then you're going to be caught, and I'm going to reject you. And then it says, Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. You understand? Talking about the same stuff. Your actions, what you're doing. If you're following Jesus, then guess what? That's great. Then your garment isn't defiled because you're not following the flesh. Because if you follow the flesh, then your garment gets spotted, just like it told us in Jude. But Jesus is saying, there's some that their garments are not defiled, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. So, once saved, always saved? No. Only those that Jesus finds worthy. And how do you get found worthy? By doing works, keeping your garments clean without blemish. You understand? 
and you get blemish on the garments from flesh, okay, sin, understand? He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And what did Jesus say? And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. That's right. So let's see what Jesus said here. So he said, he that overcometh. So how do you overcome? By having a garment not spotted. You haven't defiled the works of the kingdom. You haven't defiled yourself by sin. He that does not overcome, the same shall not be clothed in white raiment, and I will blot out his name out of the book of life. And I will not confess his name before my father and before his angel. So you understand, you can either overcome or you cannot overcome. And you overcome by doing the works of the kingdom. And that means the leading of the Holy Spirit, which is what we saw in Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the flesh. So if you're being led by your flesh, what you want to do, or your church is, or your um, pastor is doing flesh things, wanting to do flesh things, understand that they're not doing what the apostles showed us to do, not doing what Jesus showed us to do. Go back to Jude understand that to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. So, Jude is helping us out to understand that we are to be found spotless. We can be spotted, (laughs) and if we're spotted when Jesus arrives, he will reject you, just like he told Sardis he would. And that completes the book and letter of Jude. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.